Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday morning. We're going to catch you up on all the NBA action that we had Thursday in the association right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by the one and only Big Waz with Brian Smith on the ones and twos. Make sure that you do not miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented year in sports. Subscribe now and save by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding where you can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. So coming up on today's show, we had a lot of fun out in Houston with the Blazers. Phoenix and Golden State battled it out, and the two L.A. teams were depleted, and those games were boring, so we're not even going to bother with those games because let's get right to the new and improved Houston Rockets was beating the Portland Trailblazers 104 to 101. I have one word to say, and that is wow, Wall, Oladipo, and Wood, the new big three out in the Western Conference. You know what I like about what I'm seeing out of Houston so far since the Harden deal is they've kind of they're developing an identity about themselves both offensively and more importantly defensively. I think they know who they are, what is being asked of guys. Wall and Oladipo have been at different times in their careers elite defensive players for their position. Sure, you could say Oladipo was a bit undersized for a two, but obviously he was a guy who kept his feet in front of people, was not terrible at help side defense as far as, you know, digging in and also helping at the rim. John Wall, of course, is the greatest rim protecting point guard in the history of the NBA as far as blocks are concerned. So, you know, those guys have it in their DNA to be Great defenders, right? And, of course, we know P.J. Tucker, you know, and the rest. So I like what they're doing defensively. Uh, They're taking it seriously, and they know they're not going to be a juggernaut on the offensive end, right? Like, they're not going to be one of the top offensive teams in the league. They don't really have the personnel for that. But if they decide that they're going to be a junk-it-out sort of effort team on defense, I think they're going to set themselves up quite well and make a push for the playoffs. I agree with the defense for sure, but Wall and Oladipo, they had enough of those moments where they looked like their usual selves to make you think that this is just the beginning of them really finding their footing and playing at the level that we know that they're capable of. Because we saw, you know, neither of them quite have that burst attacking the rim. That first step doesn't quite propel them the same way that it used to. But they're getting to the rim, they're hanging in the air, and they're finishing through contact. You know, they're scoring. And, I mean, we saw Oladipo only got to the line one time, but John Wall got to the line six times in this one. Christian Wood also got to the line six times in this one. They are able to actually 
draw some free throws, really make something out of that drive and potentially kick uh, type of offense if they really want to kick it out. Yeah, I think that's going to be the predication of their game, right? Is these guys getting to the teeth of the defense and kicking out to shooters? We haven't mentioned Christian Wood yet, and he continues to be a revelation, right? 22 points tonight, 12 rebounds. Plus 16 on the night, right? Like, um, he continues to play. I, I continue to be baffled by just him being jettisoned out in Detroit. I don't understand that. But yeah, like you said, those guys are going to be counted upon to get into the, the teeth of defenses, puncture the defense, get guys to react. And although Oladipo is, you know, nobody would ever accuse him of being a hardened type as far as court vision and playmaking, but he's adequate. And John Wall has traditionally been throughout the course of his career one of the best playmakers in the game, specifically at finding guys for um, three-point attempts. So, you know, they have a blueprint, right? A lot of times you get teams, Jared, where you wonder to yourself, all right, how are they going to create disadvantages for the defense, right? Like, how are they going to put defenses in, you know, compromising positions that get them to react, that open up different spots on the floor? And with a lot of teams, you don't know how they're going to achieve that. With this team, again, with Wall and Oladipo, you have guys who can make things happen off the bounce and have enough IQ to figure out how to spray the ball out to different guys on the team. I mean, we saw in this game, they were just able to get out and run. They would force transition. Blazers had 15 turnovers. They had 18 fast break points. That's the number I'm looking for. 18 fast break points. A lot of it is that pressure from Oladipo forcing steals and Wood being able to get out and run. I think that's what's fun about this team is that you have a big that's able to actually get out and run and have composure on the ball. He has this nice little floater game, too, not just being able to go finish at the rim. There's just so much more dynamism in their offense. I feel like the Rockets are actually more fun to watch now than they were before. Yeah, I, I guess a team whose best player hasn't decided that he no longer wants to be there and has everybody engaged and locked in on the mission of making this a worthwhile season. It's, you know, it's a miracle. They look like a basketball team worthy of our viewership, Jared. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get out to what was a very tight game for a while, and then this, the door just completely blew off at the end there. The Suns beat the Warriors 114-93 and on a night where Devin Booker was resting, but Abdel Nader, he was not resting. He went 6-for-15 from the field with 16 points. Mikhail Bridges was the leading scorer for the Suns with 20 points, while Steph Curry, he had 27 
Draymond one for seven from the field in 25 minutes. The Kelly Oubre revenge tour did not go as planned. He went one for 11 from the field. The Warriors ended up shooting 38 for 99 compared to the Suns shooting 41 for 88. How did this game just completely blow open? You know, <laughs> it's honestly the Suns are just getting better looks. They got, you know, they got hot from three, but those were quality looks. Like these aren't guys that are incapable of making threes, taking them and just getting, you know, lucky bounces, right? Like they just, they got hot from three in the third quarter. And, you know, conversely, like a bench unit comes in of a bunch of guys who shouldn't matter and they come in and extend the lead, against Golden State, right? Like, granted, you can say, well, Steph Curry was on the bench, but, like, no Chris Paul, no Devin Booker, and their starting center is not in the game as well, and you you don't expect this team to come out like they have some crazy bench squad and blow the doors off of Golden State, but they extend their lead, and then they just keep piling on, piling on, piling on, and, of course, you know, nobody was ever going to accuse Golden State of lighting it up the way they did in previous seasons when they had the likes of KD, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson on the team, right? But you couldn't expect them to be some elite offensive team. There was chatter coming out of the Golden State Warriors camp that they would be a very good defense, and that just hasn't borne itself out this season. They're not going to be a good defense, so... They're not going to dominate on that, and they're not going to be excellent on that. And you can't expect them to be a good offensive team. They have one quality shot creator on the entire team. And not, and it's not even like they have guys like, say, a Chris Paul who is a quality playmaking guy. Like, you can say Draymond is a good playmaker, but because he is absolutely no threat to score whatsoever, his playmaking becomes sort of neutered sometimes by that lack of threat, right? Like, when you are just a zero to score, defenses know how to play you when they know you want to pass every single time. So you have one elite shot creator, one great playmaker in Steph, and nothing else. This is the team. Nights when Steph can be great, Nights when Draymond has it on defense where he's just everywhere and swallowing everything up, they can look like a pretty good team. But that's not going to happen on a night-to-night basis for either one of those guys. And it's very hard to envision Golden State winning games in which none of that happens. And in past years, they were so talent-rich. Steph Curry didn't have to be excellent every game for them to kick people's butts. Draymond didn't have to, you know, beat Bill Russell every game for them to kick people's butts. Neither did Klay Thompson, neither did KD, right? There's so much talent on the team. It could take one or two guys being good, and they're going to coast to the rest. That's not the case this year. They don't have the quality of talent. And, of course, the effort is going to wax and wane. And I think 10-9 and is kind to the quality of team that they actually are, Jared. I mean, I'm just sitting here applauding very quietly, but that was an epic rant to start off the morning for everyone, and you're so right, and it's funny because Draymond actually had some wonderful passes in this game, some really great, you know, kind of quick snap swing passes to rifle it to somebody inside, even, you know, had one where he was trying to, I think, slip it to Wiggins, who was cutting, but it got held by Etuan Moore, I mean, you can see that Draymond is really trying hard to like kind of show these guys how to run offense, but then he shoots one for seven. And it's like, he's like a coach on the floor. 
in both a great way and in a bad way in that he can't actually score. So it's like he's it's like literally putting one of their assistant coaches out on the floor to a degree out there. And yeah, they, they really paid the price, especially when you had I mean, the reason why this game got blown open was that you had Frank Kaminsky having one of the best games of his career where he almost put up a triple double. He had 12 points, 13 boards, eight dimes. And he was just doing an incredible job running pick and roll, whether it was with Chris Paul or Langston Galloway. And he would either be popping out to hit a three. He would be rolling through the lane where he would be able to hit a cutter or kick it out to Abdul Nader uh, wide open in the corner. I mean, Kaminsky was kind of doing the dream, like kind of prime dream on thing on offense in this game. And it was just an absolute spectacle. I love the idea of Kaminsky as prime Draymond. I, I like. I see what you did there with the cross match. Don't don't think I didn't peep that, Jared. The one other really fascinating matchup was uh, DeAndre Ayton against James Wiseman. The battle of the two young centers that will probably define the conference in the future. Ayton he had a really strong night: uh, twelve points, thirteen boards, four dimes. Wiseman really struggled to find his shot, but he did have a few nice plays, especially one where uh, he was out in the block and he hit Steph Curry cutting through the lane. Did you see anything that made you think that maybe Wiseman Eaton will actually turn out to be a great matchup of the future? I'm a fan of what Eaton brings to the table for the simple fact that he's decided that he's going to take defense seriously. Right. And, you know, nobody would accuse him of being Kevin Garnett as far as foot speed and lateral quickness. But he's so huge that he does enough to bother people out there while still being able to recover. His awareness has only gotten better every single year in the league. So I have a lot of respect for that young man for saying, you know what, you know, I'm going to make my money. You know, I'm going to get a contract like Rudy Gobert, by taking defense seriously. Let me get my $200 million by being a serious defender. Not to say he's at the Rudy level. Let's not get crazy. But you can see that he's putting in the pain to be a quality defender, and I admire that about him so far in his young career. Now, as far as Wiseman, it's so early, but I do love his physical gifts. I love his motor. I love his willingness to take coaching from Draymond. I love that he's already flashing range extended out to the three-point line. So that's a long way of answering your question. But, yeah, I think that it can develop into a serious rivalry because I love the trajectory of both these young bigs. Well, this is the section of the podcast where we talk about news, but there's not a lot going on right now. We do have uh, the Wizards are going to be getting back Davis Burton, Rui Hachimura, and Moritz Wagner from the health and safety protocols. That is coming per our main man, Fred Katz, over here at The Athletic. The Wizards, they didn't play basketball games for a while, and they are very depleted, and it would be really nice if they had, you know, key guys on their rotation back. So that'll be big for them. Something that I actually reported on a couple weeks ago was the NBA's plans to add an 18th roster spot. They are negotiating with the MBPA. According to Mark Stein of the New York Times, they are currently at a stalemate about adding that 18th roster spot. So we will be keeping an eye to see if that actually happens. That would be probably the first time that a roster spot's ever been added onto an NBA roster during the middle of a season. But, you know, crazy times call for crazy moves. But I want to talk about the Wizards more because that team was a fascinating league pass darling of ours coming into the season. So many players that are really exciting to watch, especially Bradley Beal. And 
Bradley Beal is leading the NBA in scoring. He's averaging almost 35 points per game, which is just insane. And the team keeps losing, and he is miserable. Was what do you think of what's going on with Beal? You know, <laughs> I think about James Harden, honestly. And what do you do, right, when you've given... This is, what, Bradley Beal's seventh year in the league? He's played nine years in the league already. All in Washington. Jesus, you've given nine years to a team. You've done nothing but be the biggest professional. Keep your head down. Play hard as hell. Say all the right things in the media. Prove yourself to be one of the excellent guys in the league. And everybody around you fails you. Incompetence. You're surrounded by incompetence. And what's a star player to do when he wants to win and he goes out and he does his part and nobody does anything to help him should he just be content to wither away on the Washington Wizards for the rest of his pro career should he be content to spend the rest of his prime under one of the worst owners in the league let's face it the proof is in the pudding I'm sorry when your team constantly stinks and you're the one constant you stink you know, <laughs> like there's no other way to put that. So while I wasn't a fan of the way James Harden conducted himself in the manner in which he got himself to Brooklyn, his preferred desired destination, man, what Brad Beal is doing, I guess there's more virtue to just being content to lose and be surrounded by bumness. I don't know. I'm torn because I was put off by James Harden. But this sucks for Brad Beal. Yeah, and I mean, for one, the one of the big things with Harden was just you know him showing up all over the place, you know, being away from the team, essentially holding out, always showing up out of shape. I mean, Beal's been a pretty staunch professional throughout this whole thing. But you know, when he was asked after the last game where he scored forty-seven points on Wednesday, and then they still lost to the Pelicans, who have not been good this year. 124 to 106. It wasn't like they lost 124 to 116 even. It's one, you know, it's a, it's an 18 point loss. He scored almost 50% of his team's points in that game and now they have the worst record in the league. He was asked, "Is he frustrated?" and he uh, he responded, "Is the sky blue?" And <laughs> give him credit. He's not saying I'm miserable and I hate my team. He's just re- he's just replying with rhetorical riddles because he doesn't want to throw his team under the bus, and he looks miserable. But like that, let's not forget there was a pretty clear opportunity where he could have walked away from the situation a couple of years ago. He did sign the extension. You're right about that. Yeah, he signed the extension, and a big part of that was he knew he was going to be the face of the franchise, and it was going to give him an opportunity where he was going to take, right now I think he's taking like 26 shots per game, and I can't remember anyone in like modern NBA history taking that many shots. I'm sure there's a couple examples, maybe like Iverson or Kobe a couple times, but he is getting as much usage as anyone could imagine. And he's putting up the kind of numbers that at least guarantees he's a super max player and he's going to get whatever he wants to go wherever he wants, probably. So at least he's locked that in at this point, but at what cost, right? And now he is the first player in NBA history to lose 10 straight games in which he scored 40 points. Also, I don't know how you could be Washington. I guess they had to try to give competence a try, right? Like they had to try to give, all right, well, maybe we can be a bubble team. And we, we did go out and get Westbrook, who, who looks terrible right now. I think he's not physically right, but whatever. 
I guess they had to try to give it a try. But I'm if I'm Washington and I'm looking at the haul that Houston got for James Harden, and I'm like, man, I, I wish I would have beat that team to market. I could have got a boatload of goodies, man, from a from another ownership group that's looking shaky. Like, can you trust that that's absolutely going to work out the way it needs to out in Houston with Tillman Furtada doing what he's been doing since he took over the team? No. It's important to go out and get the type of assets that you need for your guy because, like, man, <laughs> your only hope at this point is to draft stardom. And pray that you luck into the next KD who you can't mess up a team that he's on, right? Like, same thing for Houston. Like, their only hope at this point is to draft into it because God knows management ain't going to get it done. Well, you know what, Waz? We're going to get it done because we got to get out of here. That's going to do it for today's show. And don't forget about the other basketball shows that we have across the Athletic Podcast Network, like the Athletic NBA show. We have No Dunks. We have House of Strauss. We have over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. And don't forget to follow along on the app where you can get notifications for new episodes and you can utilize the podcast episode comment section. So if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across every single major sport, all for a super low price. Just go get a subscription at theathletic.com slash daily ding. Go get there soon before it's gone. Waz, let's get out of here. Ding, ding, ding dingalings.